This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is episode number 66 of the Homestead Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. And I am just absolutely delighted to have you listening to the podcast today. So glad that you have found us and so thankful that you are taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Homestead Journey. Without further ado, let's jump over to this week's Homestead Happenings, and I will bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. This week, I had something rather sad happen, and yet it's also been a huge blessing to the homestead. And that is that uh, a friend of mine, someone that I've worked with for the last five years, uh, submitted his resignation, and he is actually leaving New York State and moving to California. And as a result of that, he actually downsized, and so his move to California has cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I was able to buy from him a table saw, something that I've been wanting to buy for a, for a while, uh, a band saw, and uh, just a few other odds and ends. And then he also graciously gave me a whole bunch of, we'll call them bits and bobs, just those odd collections of electrical wire and plumbing parts and uh, screws and nuts and bolts and just so many wonderful things like that. And so that has really been a huge, already it has been a huge benefit to the homestead because today I spent some time repairing the A-frame pig shelter, which is where a bear, our boar, our original boar, and his two girlfriends right now, Sage and Betswine Ross, um, where they live, they had managed to knock the sides off of that A-frame. So the A-frame is covered with old metal roofing, and they had managed to knock off almost all of the metal roofing on the one side. And so today I reattached all of that, and a big part of my hardware that I used to reattach that did come from my buddy Tom. And so just very, very thankful to have those things at my disposal. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of those things that he gave me, there was random pieces of board and metal and just a little of this and a little of that. And so it was kind of like a homesteader's dream. And yet it was also this homesteader's nightmare because um, Tom is somebody who I really, really have uh, grown close to. We worked very, very well together. We, in fact, shared a cube together up until about six months ago. And uh, then we had another gentleman start who I get along with great, um, but uh, certainly going to miss Tom. But his bits and bobs, we'll call them, <laughs> will live on and uh, will help us here on 3B Farm and Homestead. Yesterday, I also put together a a new feeder for the ducks and chickens. I'm hoping that this will, it, it will result in less feed waste. 
And what I did, and I put some pictures up on Instagram uh, and Facebook. So if you don't follow us there, you'll definitely want to jump over and check this out. Um, it's definitely not something that is unique to me. There's certainly plans for this all over the interwebs. But I took a tote and I cut some three and a half inch holes in it and then put elbows, uh, PVC elbows through those holes. And then what happens is the geese and the ducks have to put their heads inside the bin in order to be able to get their feed. And so I built that yesterday. I put it out for them yesterday afternoon. They didn't really know what to make of it. Uh, but today it looks to me like they're eating out of it. And so we will see whether or not the amount of waste um, is reduced as a result of that construction. So I will keep you up to date. Uh, hopefully this will um, just, they're just so messy. And then when that feed gets wet, it sours and it stinks. It's not so bad during the winter, except that right now as things kind of freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw, well, you know how it goes. And so I'm hoping that this will result in less waste. We shall see. And it also will allow us to more easily move the feed indoors and put it in our um, food bin where we keep uh, where we keep the feed. Um, and so hopefully that will reduce issues with, you know, the, the squirrels and the chipmunks and those kinds of things. So fingers crossed that will um, be a good thing for us. And I will certainly try to remember to keep you up to date with that. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about as far as our homestead happenings is that I have dug my seed inventory out and I'm going through that in anticipation of putting together my seed order, hopefully this week, if not this week, then next week I'll have it completed and sent off. And hopefully all of you Southerners and, and those of you in the Northern parts who are well, a little bit ahead of me, haven't stolen all my seeds. <laughs> but uh, my dad said that he got his seed order in this week. And so I need to get my button gear because it won't be long. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine at church and I think she said from today, it's like 65 days until the first day of spring. I don't know if her calculations are correct, but spring will be here before we know it. And while certainly it's not 65 days until we start planting the more tender plants out into the garden, probably within 65 days, I will have plants started in my seed starting uh, system. And so definitely got to get that seed order in. Very, very excited about the prospect of an abundant harvest. It's just that dreaming and scheming that we do this time of year and just very excited about um, how things are going to be in 2021. Hopefully in some areas it will be a much better harvest than it was last year. And in some areas, I hope that we are able to achieve the successes that we achieved in 2020. So I hope everything is well where you are at and that you are surviving winter and that you are thriving and uh, that things are going well. Right now, I am doing a lot of snowboarding because it's that time of the year. And so I did spend a number of evenings this week out on the slopes. In fact, I posted to our Instagram and Facebook accounts pictures of me 
out on the ski lift with a mask that I have that has farm animals on it. So I was repping homesteading even out on the slopes. <laughs> All right. Before we jump on over to this week's charting the course. If you are interested in supporting the show, you can do so in a number of different ways. If you haven't already, I really would greatly appreciate it. If you would jump on over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review or a thumbs up, whatever they um, allow for, things like that really do help other people find the show. And it also provides me with feedback and it helps me understand how I'm doing. And if you give me a five-star review, that's a pat on the back. And if you give me less than that, and maybe that's what I deserve, well, it gives me some constructive criticism and helps me hopefully do better. Secondly, if you are interested in supporting the show financially, you can do so by heading on over to our website, thehomesteadjourney.net slash shop. And there you will find links to our t-shirt store, where you can order some of our fabulous t-shirt designs. And then there are, is also a list of links of products that we use here on the homestead that we think you might find helpful on your homestead as well. So check those out. If you order through those links, a portion of that comes back to the show and helps, helps me keep doing what I'm doing. So if you are interested in supporting us, you can do so in those ways. And then finally, simply share the show with your friends. I have uh, some, some people that do that on a regular basis, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It just really means so much to me. And so if there's a particular episode that you found helpful, if you could share that with your friends and family or in their Facebook groups, maybe there's a topic of conversation that comes up and uh, there's an episode that might answer someone's question and you share it, that really would be helpful. And I would greatly appreciate it. All right. Having said that, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. As you might recall, and it's been a while because this is episode number 66, we're going to go all the way back to episode number two. Now, on episode number two, we talked about what is homesteading. As part of that, we talked about self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability, something that I mentioned just about in every show. But on that episode, I kind of defined for you what those terms mean to me. But it's been a while, and it was in the context of what is homesteading. And so I thought over the next few weeks, we would do a little bit of a deeper dive into those three terms and how we can take proactive steps towards becoming more self-sufficient, more self-reliant, and more sustainable. And hopefully everything that I talk about or just about everything that I talk about here on the Homestead Journey podcast does connect to those ideals. That's my goal. My goal is to promote um, those ideas. My goal is also for us to understand that this is, and, and it's the reason why I named the podcast, the Homestead Journey podcast, because I, I don't believe that any of us will ever be fully self-sufficient, fully self-reliant, and fully sustainable. We're on a journey towards those things, but we're never going to fully arrive. And that's okay. 
I think that we need to, while we certainly are focused on the destination, we need to enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey. And again, I think I mentioned this, I've mentioned this before, but I I think it's worth repeating. For many people, maybe many people is a bit of an overstatement, but for a lot of people, the quintessential homesteaders are Ma and Pa Ingalls from the Little House on the Prairie series. And if you stop and you think about Ma and Pa Ingalls, who are the epitome of homesteaders for many people, even they were never fully self-sufficient. They were never fully self-reliant and they were never fully sustainable. Now, maybe what I need to do is just take a, a pause here and define those terms as I understand them. To me, self-sufficiency speaks to stuff. Can I raise, grow, produce, and process the stuff that I need? Self-reliant speaks to skills. Do I have the skills necessary to raise, grow, produce, and process the stuff that I need? And sustainability, while it does speak a little bit, at least in my mind, to environmental concerns, to me, sustainability is more as it relates to homesteading, about systems. Do I have in place systems whereby with minimal to no off-farm or off-homestead inputs, I can use my skills to raise, grow, produce, and process the stuff that I need? And if you remember, and again, it's been a long time, but back on episode number two, I did use chickens as kind of my example of... um, those three ideas. So for example, the idea of self-sufficiency is that I may want to grow meat and I may want to have eggs from my homestead. So that's the stuff that I'm trying to produce here on my homestead. Then self-reliance is, do I have the skills necessary? Do I know how to raise chickens? Do I know how to care for them? Do I know how to butcher them? Do I have the skills to produce the chicken that I need? And then sustainability is do I have a a system where I have a rooster and a hen or a rooster and hens whereby I can have chicks on a continual basis and I'm never having to buy chicks uh, to produce meat and eggs for my homestead. Obviously, in some regards, that makes sense. In some regards, maybe it doesn't make sense. But that's just the idea of how we connect, or at least in my mind, how it makes sense that sustainability, self-reliance, and self-sufficiency all kind of tie together. Now, there are certain instances where, again, maybe it doesn't make sense to have a fully sustainable system. Maybe uh, it makes a whole lot more sense for you to buy in Cornish cross chickens for me. And that's fine. But if the proverbial poo were to hit the fan, do you have a backup plan whereby you could continue to raise, grow, produce, and process the chickens and the eggs that you need? And in order to do that, you would need a rooster and hens to be able to accomplish those goals. So that is kind of my perspective with regards to how self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability are interconnected. And so over the next several weeks, what I want to do is take a deeper dive into each one of those areas and just think about what we can do as homesteaders in 2021 to become more self-sufficient, to become more self-reliant, and to become more 
sustainable. So today's topic is self-sufficiency, stuff. What is the stuff? What are the things that you dream of growing or producing or processing on your homestead? I think that as we think about becoming more self-sufficient in 2021, this is going to look vastly different from homestead to homestead. And that's that's a drum that I, I always want to beat. I don't want you trying to imitate me. I don't want you trying to imitate anybody else. I want you to raise, grow, produce, and process the things that matter to you. That's what's important. We don't want to get caught up in trying to keep up with the Joneses. So just because everybody else is into fermenting right now, if you don't like fermented foods, then don't waste your time, effort, and energy into producing fermented foods. You're just going to frustrate yourself. You're going to waste a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of vegetables, um, whatever, if it's not something that you enjoy. If you don't like sauerkraut, then don't make sauerkraut. Now, I will tell you that sauerkraut that you make is vastly different than the sauerkraut that you're used to buying in the store in a can. So at least try making it once so that you can see how different and how much more awesome it is. But if you make a batch of sauerkraut and you determine you don't like sauerkraut, then don't make sauerkraut, okay? It's it's all good. So I think that's the, the first thing that you need as, as you think about becoming more self-sufficient in 2021 is do what's important to you and to your family. You may help have health concerns and considerations that I don't. Maybe you have gluten issues, or maybe you're somebody who has a lactose uh, sensitivity or you're lactose intolerant. Those kinds of things would maybe lead you to uh, a different down a different path than they than they're going to lead me. Maybe you have dietary restrictions as a result of of high blood pressure or other health considerations, or maybe there's religious um, reasons why you have particular dietary needs, and and that's okay. So that's going to drive your decision making process differently than it would drive mine. But at the end of the day, the process is still the process. So. My recommendation to you, first and foremost, is just to sit down and brainstorm. Don't put in place any kind of boundaries, but just think, if money and time and space were no object, what are the things that I would like to raise, grow, produce, and process on my homestead? And just come up with that list. It could be things like yogurt and sourdough and jams and jellies and canning vegetables and canning meat or maybe uh, charcuterie or just growing fresh vegetables. Maybe it's knitting and crocheting goods or maybe it's quilting. Maybe it's making knives. Maybe it's growing animals for meat. Maybe it's learning how to ferment. There are so many different activities that can generate the things, the stuff that we need on our homestead. And again, what interests you and what interests me may be two totally different things, but at least coming up with that initial list of all of the things that someday we would like to at least try to raise, grow, produce, or process on our homestead is really to me the first step. Just get it all down, get it out of our heads, get it down onto paper, 
so that we can kind of see, okay, what do we want to do? Now, once we've got this list put together, now is when the hard work starts, right? This is when we have to kind of narrow things down and determine what are we going to focus on in 2021. Going back a couple of episodes, back to episode number 64, we talked about establishing SMART goals or using the SMART goal framework as we establish goals for our homestead. And as part of that, we talked about the importance of being careful not to do too many things at one time. As homesteaders, it's a huge temptation. We want to raise all the things. We want to grow all the things. We want to produce all the things. We want to be self-sufficient tomorrow, right? And that's just not how life works. And so we're going to really need to sit down and to think through what we can do right now and maybe what we're going to have to put off till another day. Now, again, I I think it's very, very important that we put everything that we eventually want to do on our homestead, all of the things that we want to produce or process on our homestead, we want to put them on the list, even though we may know at the moment that we write them down, that's not happening in 2021. I still think it's very healthy to the process to include those things. So for example, let's say that you live on a quarter of an acre. Maybe you live in an urban area. Your goal someday is to buy a steer and to raise it, grow it out, and to butcher it and put it in the freezer. You realize though that on a quarter acre of land or in an urban area, that's probably not going to happen. But that's okay. Put it on the list because who knows? Maybe in four or five years, you're going to find those 5, 10, 15, 20 acres of land in the country. Your situation is going to change. And so then at that point, you have that as a self-sufficient goal on your list that someday I want to raise a steer, butcher it, and put it in the freezer. But certainly, taking that SMART goal framework that we talked about back in episode 64, and especially thinking about A and R, is this attainable? And is this realistic? Is going to help us narrow things down for 2021 or whatever year it is that you are going through this exercise. So you want to ask yourself questions like, do I have the space to do this, right? We we talked about that with regards to the steer. A steer is not going to work on a quarter acre of land, probably. Certainly not going to work in an urban area with a postage stamp lot. So do I have the space to do this activity, to graze, grow, produce, or process this stuff? Do I have the infrastructure that I need? Now, at this point, you may not know all of the parts and pieces that are needed to raise, grow, or produce, or process this item. But certainly you're going to know the basics. You should have at least an idea of the basics. So if you're going to, let's say, raise chickens, you would understand that they're going to need housing of some sort. Okay, do I have that housing? You're going to understand that they need to have water. Do I have waterers for them? So just thinking about those things, do I have the infrastructure necessary to do this? If not, do I have the funds available invest in that infrastructure. 
And if the answer to that is no, then that's very easy to say, okay, that's a goal that I'm going to need to push off until the future. And that's fine. Someday I'll get there. I'm not there now. And then we can kind of move on down the list as we narrow things down. So do I have the space? Do I have the infrastructure? If I don't have the infrastructure, am I willing at this point to invest in that infrastructure? And then another huge one is this. Do I have the time? Time is something that is very, very, very precious. And so if you are somebody who is commuting, let's say two hours a day to to a job where you work 12 hours a day, so you're already 14 hours off Homestead, that's going to really reduce the amount of things that you can get involved in, even though they're great things, but you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do. And so maybe you're going to have to really dial your expectations back for 2021. But you can do something. And that's my challenge to you, is find something that you can do even if your time is limited. Now, certainly there is going to be a skills requirement for just about everything that you're going to want to raise, grow, produce, and process. And if you're brand new to homesteading, that's probably a skill set that you don't have. And so how do you acquire that skill set? Well, that's what we're going to talk about on next week's episode as we talk about self-reliance and how we can become more self-reliant in 2021. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. You can reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. If you have, maybe you're looking for some guidance on how to narrow things down or maybe where you should start. Should you um, start with this goal of of self-sufficiency or this goal of self-sufficiency? I'd be more than happy to talk that through with you. Again, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address, or you can reach out to us on all of our social media accounts. Those accounts and links are in the show notes. As always, the music on this episode was provided by audionautics.com. So a big shout out to them. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.